0: Exodus chapter 25. And we'll see that the Lord God continues here in chapter 25 to speak with the man Moses. And verse 1 tells us that he is speaking with Moses by stating, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly, With his heart you shall take my offering. Now I want to pause there for just a little bit because we see here that God is, I guess in a sense, commanding an offering, but he has placed a condition, if you will, upon those that will give him this offering. The condition is that the offering's participants must be willing to give this offering from their heart. Now this, of course, brings to my mind a New Testament principle that pertains to giving as well. And I'd like to show you that New Testament principle this morning and talk about that a little bit. Let's go ahead and mark this page already. I know we just started here, but we're going to mark this page and we're going to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then 1 Corinthians, and then 2 Corinthians. (coughs) And again, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now let's just go ahead, and, and just to be sure that we stay within the context of this chapter, we're going to go ahead and start reading in verse 1. So 2 Corinthians 9.1, it says, Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Okay, now just a quick pause here. This is the base con- context of this portion of the letter here. They are taking up a collection specifically to minister to the needs of the saints, we see. The saints, of course, are nothing more than their brothers and sisters in Christ that were at that time going through some difficult circumstances. This type of giving should still be done in the body of Christ today. We should look out for and we should care for the needs of others who are within the body of Christ. This is how the body of Christ you and I that is should still function to today so again they're taking up this collection and paul continues on in verse 2 and says for i know your willingness about which i boast of you to the macedonians that achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority so these people were very ready very willing to give to the needs of their brothers and sisters in Christ, and they have been an inspiration to others to do the same. Verse 3, Paul says, Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready. Lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. So Paul's making real sure here that these people were not going to think about backing out or reneging on the promises that they had made to help the saints, If they do, then Paul says that they should be ashamed, not to mention that the Macedonians to whom he had boasted about the Corinthians, that they would be very disappointed in them as well. Then in verse 6, here Paul is going to give a little more instruction. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's the principle as it refers to this type of of giving. The emphasis here is that when people give, they should give cheerfully from their heart. We see the Lord God himself establishing this principle with the children of Israel back in chapter 25 of the book of Exodus, where we read this morning. But while we're here, I want to go ahead and stay on this topic of giving for a little while here. Let's go ahead and stay on it. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. So, in other words here, if you're going to be a giving person, then you can rest assured that God is going to make sure that you have what you need in order to continue being a giving person. Person. He's going to supply that for you because you've shown from your heart the way you live your life that you're a giver. So he's going to supply what you need to be a giver. Look at verse 10. Now may he now may He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of, righte- of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So now you see, there has also um, been what I would call a perverted principle taught as it pertains to giving uh, amongst Christian circles today. And that perverted principle is a self-centered principle. It's a greedy for gain principle. You see, God doesn't need for us, nor does he want us to be a people that store up for ourselves. He wants us to trust in him for our needs, for our daily bread, right? That he would provide our needs. He doesn't want us to be people that store, store up in barns. In other words, we gather and we gather and we gather for ourselves just so that we can have more and more and more. Now, the perverted principle of giving that I refer to here this morning is the principle that says, that you give so that you can have more. That's a teaching amongst a large part of Christianity today is that you give so that you can have more. You give and you'll increase and you'll become wealthy and you can retire wealthy and let your soul take its ease. There was a a parable that Jesus told about a man that, that did that. And God was displeased with him. Um, He stored up in barns and he said, hey, let my soul take its ease. In other words, he was gathering for himself and gathering for himself so that he always had an abundance and never ran out. Unfortunately, though, when we get to a place in life like that where we're storing up for ourselves treasures here on this earth, well, then we never really have to trust in God. We never really have to rely upon God for our daily bread, which is where he wants us to be, right? The man who disperses abroad, the man that gives is that man that is like Christ. We should be givers more than we are takers. That's what we're seeing here in chapter uh, two, in second Corinthians here in chapter nine. This type of giving speaks of a person that is generous from deep within their hearts. That's just who they are. They don't give to increase simply so that they can have more. Instead, they give and they give and they give, and then God supplies them with more so that they can give and give and give. That's their heart. That's the type of person they are. And our Lord God wants us looking to the needs of others. Jesus taught that, right? Especially those within the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters. You see, if our brothers and sisters in Christ are destitute of food and clothing or shelter or they don't have what they need to to buy food or they don't have what they need to pay for their shelter, their house or whatever, If, if they need help with their bills just to get by, then does it seem right to you that you would have money stored up in bank accounts while they're not meeting their basic needs? It's not right to God. It's not what God wants for the body of Christ to function in that way. So God loves, as we read here, a cheerful giver. And cheerful givers is what He wants all of His children to be. And again, the body of Christ needs to be looking out for each other. So let's go ahead and read on some more here. Verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. So you see, isn't it great if you can just cause someone else to give thanks to God? We shouldn't give for ourselves to get wealthy, and nor should we give for ourselves to receive thanks from others. We should give because we love God, and we know that He loves for us to be cheerful givers. And that He will supply our needs as we are those cheerful givers. Paul explains further in verse 13. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So what's being said here in these verses is that when you give to the needs of others in the body of Christ, it's just good all the way around. The receiver of the gift praises God that you are faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're thankful that you're so willing to share with them in their time of need. Then they pray for you and they long to, to know you more because you're such a great example of God's love. Paul is so happy as he, he writes this. He seems to be so full of joy as he writes this that he seems to just shout out there, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So you see, giving to the needs of the saints is just one reason to be a giver and a cheerful giver is the kind of giver that we are all to be. There are other ways that the New Testament speaks of concerning the direction of our giving within the body of Christ. For example, if you were to go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and see what the apostle Paul teaches about giving and to those men that that are teaching and preaching the gospel to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 speaks about that, giving to those that preach and teach the gospel to you. Paul says that if they're preaching the gospel and they're taking their time to do that, then they should live off of what they do, right? Paul says that if someone ministers to your spiritual needs in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, then you should minister to their material needs, if they're ministering to you in your spiritual needs. But for some reason, this can be such a problem for the body of Christ to understand this, that that the Apostle Paul also pointed out that he worked with his own hands, just so people couldn't basically run their mouths against him, okay? I too, as a preacher of the gospel, a minister, a teacher of the Word of God, have a job outside of what I do as a minister, because there's no way I could survive in this material world if I didn't, right? Because, but in times past though, I've always been amazed by those people that have wanted me to do more as a pastor, like get a building and grow the fellowship to be larger, but I have never had a clue as to where they expect me to come up with the money for something like that and it makes zero sense to me for the church to go into debt, because that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the body of Christ should give to the minister, so that he can do more ministering. If a minister is called to be a minister, to be a pastor, the body of Christ, the believers in Jesus Christ, should support him in doing that. So, but that being said, I'm very content to just keep working with my own hands and serving the Lord as I do. But nonetheless, as it pertains to giving, there are other reasons to give than what we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This was one way the Bible talks about giving, taking up a collection for those that have need. And then the other way of giving, like I mentioned, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where it talks about giving to those that minister to you. But just just remember, that if you are going to decide to give um, as God wants you to do, then be sure to do it from a cheerful heart. Not begrudgingly, not of necessity, and not so that you can get a return on your own investment, okay? Give so that you can give to help and to do what God wants you to do within the body of Christ. And the Apostle Paul also talks about you know, he doesn't want people, the, the scriptures tell us, that he don't want people to give and it hurts you. And I've seen people do that too. They give, you know, um, thinking, well, I'll give away all of my rent money this month because then God's going to bless me with five times that amount of money in the future. And it never happens because God never said that would happen. And that's not taught in the scripture. That's a man-made doctrine. So, pe- So people that give, need to be able to give, but when they're able to give, they need to give from a cheerful heart, not begrudgingly nor of necessity, but simply give because you want to do as God instructs you to do from the scripture, and that is to give from a cheerful heart.